Hey guys, it's Brian, and I want to thank you for tuning in to episode number one of this podcast. This is going to be a show for lawyers, doctors, and other high-income professionals who are looking to improve their lives by spending more time doing what they want, when they want, with who they want, and for as long as they want. I'm an injury lawyer in Virginia, and I've spent the last couple of years really working on what I want my life to look like. And that means both in the office, out of the office, at home, at kids' sporting events, and like what kind of vacations do I want to take. And I've gotten to a place where my life is pretty good. I've got an unbelievable team at the office who's really, really good at taking care of the day-to-day operations in our cases and making sure that our clients are really well taken care of. I get to work on high-level, interesting cases with clients who are not jerks. In the spring and in the fall, I'm out of the office by 4 or 4.30 almost every day to go coach my 7 and my 9-year-old in soccer or baseball or football or whatever sport they're playing that season. I've got a small handful of investments that pay me every quarter, and I don't have to think about them. The money just shows up in my checking account. And the thing is that when I talk about these things to most lawyers, they look at me like I have three heads. Most of us have just never thought about how do we extract ourselves from the 60 or 70 hour work weeks with miserable clients and miserable staff and miserable opposing counsel and angry judges. And how do we start to build a life that's better for ourselves? And if that's you, then this podcast is for you. Really, I want to talk to myself maybe four or five years ago and help you get to where I am a little bit faster than I did. And so most of the people that we're going to be talking to on this podcast are not lawyers. This is not going to be a place where you're going to come and learn how to make a better objection, take a better deposition, or give a better closing argument. If you want that stuff, there's plenty of CLEs, there's plenty of books, there's plenty of other resources where you can go and and find that information. I'm assuming if you're here, and if you're a number of years into the journey, that you're a pretty good lawyer. This is especially true if you're a solo or if you're at a small firm, maybe you're the number two at a small firm and you've tried a lot of cases. You really don't need somebody in Virginia's advice on how do I take a better deposition or or make a stronger objection like if you're in Illinois. So this wouldn't be the place for that. What we're going to talk about is universals. How do I get more clients? How do I hire and manage all-star staff? How do I save money on taxes? How do I invest in assets that pay me money every quarter or even every month? How do I structure my time and my schedule to make sure that the first things going on on my calendar are the things that I actually want to do? We're going to be talking to amazing people who are living awesome lives. I firmly believe that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And so if you look around at your current group of friends or your peer group, and they don't talk about these things, if all they do is complain, you're going to need to find a new group to level up your life. In the meantime, I want to use this podcast as an avenue to expose you to some of the guys and girls who are in my life and in my group who are living amazing lives in the hopes that this inspires you. So let me give you a little bit of my journey. Uh, I'm 39, and I'm a personal injury lawyer in Northern Virginia, and I work with my dad. I haven't always worked with him. In fact, the first 10 years of my career, I worked really at a competitor across town, uh, in large part because I didn't want to be introduced around town by my dad. I wanted to make my own name and make my own friends and my own way of doing things before ultimately joining his practice. But going back 
you know, even further than that, when I was in high school and when I was in college, I had a bunch of restaurant jobs. I waited tables. I uh, worked at a bagel bakery. I worked at a pizza shop. And one of the things that I noticed really early on is that I had an aversion to any job where I was making the same amount of money as everybody else. So, for instance, when I was working in the bagel uh, bakery or if I was refereeing soccer, uh, working at the pizza place, everybody who was in the same position as I was making the same hourly rate, no matter whether or not, you know, one of us is better at our jobs. And I hated that. Uh, it always seemed to me if I was better or more efficient at the job, then I should make more money. And, and if you're better than I am, so should you. So for that reason, I really loved waiting tables. And one of the things that I discovered early on is a number of levers that you can pull to make more money when you're waiting tables. You can either be a better server. You can flip the tables a little bit faster, right? If I do five turns instead of four in a night, I'm going to make more money. Um, or, or you can sell more stuff, right? If you have a larger check average, you're going to make more money. And so looking back now, I can see that it was always really important to me not to trade dollars for hours, right? Even in a job where I was waiting tables and technically trading dollar, dollars for hours, I could make more money if I was working faster or working harder uh, than everybody else. And so I went to law school in 2005 to 2008, and graduating law school in 2008 was not a great time to be graduating law school. You know, many of us went to school with the promise of coming out with a, a six-figure salary, and the market shifted, and, and in 2007 and eight, law jobs were really hard to be had. So after about 100 rejections from big law firms, I finally landed a job at a general practice firm making far less than I thought I was going to be making. And I remember very distinctly, like just after I'd passed the bar, which I think we got results in late October, uh, I told my boss, hey, we're going to go up to Pennsylvania for my wife's family for Thanksgiving, and I need to leave on Wednesday. And he's like, well, you don't have any PTO, and so you can't take off the day before Thanksgiving, even though I think we were, it was probably like a half day anyway. Um, and I, that just made no sense to me because – nothing in our industry happens on the day before Thanksgiving. Like we weren't getting ready for a trial. We didn't have any pleadings. Um, it was just a pure power move. So very quickly I was like, Oh, I got to get the hell out of here. And within two months I had quit that job and I had found another job as an injury lawyer. And what I discovered pretty quickly was uh, injury law has a lot of similarities to waiting tables in that there are a number of ways that you can make more money as an injury lawyer. So you can move cases a little bit faster, or you can work on bigger cases, or you can work on more cases, or you can do all three. And because our fees are not hourly and they're not even flat rate, they're a contingent uh, percentage of the recovery for the client. If you're doing all three, if you're working big cases faster and doing more of them, you are making far more money than the guy who's working on small cases or slower or at an hourly rate, or God forbid, in an insurance defense practice. And so I went to work developing those skills, like how can we be better marketers? How can we get more cases in the door? How can we have more clients review us so that we show up higher on Google? How can we run cases a little bit faster? Like what can we do to get medical records out of doctor's practices a little bit faster? What can we do to get insurance adjusters to evaluate our cases a little bit faster? And we found all of these little things and made tweaks that made us run faster and run harder than anybody else. And around that time, I discovered 
what's become known now as the FIRE movement. So FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And I started to think about what could I do to accelerate my net worth so that I could retire early. And I went down the rabbit hole of how to save money on taxes, where to invest it, how to, how to tax shelter, get better returns, and things like that. And I was always thinking, like, what would I do if I did retire early? Uh, kind of like that, that scene from Office Space, um, you know, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And he's like, I don't know what I would do. I would do absolutely nothing. And that kind of was what came to my mind. Like, I would do absolutely nothing. Because in large part, I was living a life that I wanted to. And I really didn't have something that I wanted to escape from and, and go do something else. And I slowly came to the realization that fire kind of has it backwards. It's The goal should not be to retire early and go do something else. The goal should be to build a life where you are working and on things that you want to work on with people that you want to work on them with. And then when you've done that, the goal should be to give yourself options. So um, finding ways to invest in assets that pay you monthly or quarterly distributions so that you can get to a place where the passive income displaces or replaces your active income so that you can get to a place where if there comes a time and a day where you don't want to do this anymore, you don't have to. So for me, financial independence and the quest for financial independence really is all about giving myself options. It's not about wanting to retire and go live on a beach somewhere. That's nice for a couple of days, for a week, but it longer than that, uh, my liver wouldn't be able to handle it. And the thing is that I, I think this notion appeals to a lot of young lawyers I remember when I, in the early days, I was doing some criminal defense work and I would be in the courthouse with these lawyers who were in their late 60s and their early 70s, still doing traffic defense, still doing these low-level cases with clients who didn't have very much money to pay them and who they didn't like very much. It just, it seemed like an unattractive way to live. And that can't be the goal. The goal for me has been to constantly level up the kinds of cases and the kinds of people that I'm working on and working with so that I'm constantly leveling up my life. I heard Ryan Serhant say this one time. Uh, Ryan Serhant, the, the million-dollar uh, listing guy from New York, and he talks about, you know, I started out doing um, renter's side rental agreements, and as soon as I got my first listing agreement, I no longer did rental agreements. I only did listing agreements. And the first time I got my own um, buying an apartment agreement, I no longer did rentals at all. I moved up and I only did um, buy-sell deals. And the first time I got a million-dollar deal, I never did anything under a million dollars. And the first time I got a $10 million and, and on and on and on. And I started to think about my personal injury practice that way. And so now I built a practice where the firm handles smaller cases. The firm will take a chiropractor case, but Brian won't. I only want to work on surgery and brain injury cases because that's what's interesting. You know, if I had to live the rest of my career doing red car, hit a blue car and had 12 weeks of chiropractic care, I would go insane. And I would have a life that I would want to run away from and retire early from. But what I really want to focus on now is building a life where I don't want to retire early, where I'm building a business that has interesting, stimulating work with people that are interesting and stimulating to work with and work for, and to help my clients and my teammates get to the same 
place in their life to work with my team on, hey, what's your goal? What is your dream? Maybe it's not being a legal assistant. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. And if it's not, let's help you focus on how can we work outside of work hours on achieving the goals and the dreams that you have. And here's the thing is, is that I think that there's a lot of guys out there like me who think the same. And if that's you, then this podcast is for you. And so what I'm going to do is bring you some of my friends and the people in my circle. And we're going to talk about things like passive investing, managing awesome teams, getting more clients, having a better life, doing epic trips, uh, and working hard and playing hard. I do hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, give me a like, give me a follow, send me a message so that I know that you're listening. It's going to be a great ride. If you like Brian, he gives value. Did you hit the like button? Did you say thank you? Because that's how you say thank you. Did you share it with another attorney who you're like, dude, you got to figure this stuff out. Listen to Brian. Brian will help you. Be nice. Share. Hit the thing. Give a little love. I'm clipping that and I'm putting that at the end of every episode. So thank you for that. <laughs>